Welcome to the Dementia Researcher podcast, brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk, a network for early career researchers. I'm Dr Aoife Kairi, and today I'm hosting this special podcast recording from day two of the Alzheimer's Society conference in London. By now, I'm sure you've already listened to our podcast from yesterday, so you will know that we have recordings on both days of the conference as a two-part special, sharing all the news from the conference, sharing what we've heard, and discussing the talks with a couple of our presenters and delegates. Today, I'm joined by three fantastic panelists who have all been attending and speaking at the conference. We have Ruby Ali Strayton, Dr. Charlie Arbour, and Dr. Claire Lancaster. Can we start with a quick round the table of introductions and um, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about yourselves and your work? Uh, Ruby, if you'd like to start. So I'm Ruby. I am a research network volunteer. I have been since October of last year. I'm also a carer. My mum was diagnosed with Alzheimer's nearly four years ago now. So that is my interest in being at the conference and and so I came last year off my own back and a research, ne- a research network volunteer basically approached me. So that's how I got involved with the research network. Outside professionally, I'm actually a journalist. Um, but here, obviously, my, my main kind of focus is, is care and, and the research network. So, yes. Excellent. Uh, my name's uh, Charlie Arbour. I work at University College London at the Institute of Neurology. Um, the work that I do is based around stem cells and understanding the basic biology of Alzheimer's disease. Um, and this is the first time I've been to the Alzheimer's Society annual conference. I was recently awarded um, some funding from the Alzheimer's Society, so it's great to be here and, and really be more of a part of the, the society, which is, which is great. And I'm Claire Lancaster from the University of Oxford. Uh, I'm a psychologist um, and I work at the Big Data Institute at the moment, which is kind of a new health centre that's been opened up. Um, And I work on the development of new smartphone-based cognitive assessments, which specifically target um, early detection of Alzheimer's disease. And this was my first time at the conference as well, but um, we launched the Game Changer study in September, which Alzheimer's Society have been great in supporting. So it was really nice to meet everybody and talk about it here. Oh, excellent. And a special welcome to our first timers at the conference. That's great. Um, okay, so let's get st- started talking about what you thought of the conference today. Uh, Ruby, did you have any sessions or speakers that you heard today that particularly interested you? So this morning session was um, very interesting. There was a speaker called Lenny Shellcross, who was from the World Dementia Council. I don't know if you heard him, Mm. but he was a very impassioned speaker. And he basically gave a sort of global perspective to dementia. And he came up with some kind of interesting statistics as well, such as funding. I know kind of dementia hasn't had much funding, but that has been improving over the past few years. So he gave an interesting statistic, which was that in the US, funding has increased from 500 million to 2.3 billion Mm -hmm. over the last five years. And I think that will probably be the same here. I think that's also the, you know, and across the countries, across the world. So he he was actually a very, very good speaker. So that was interesting. 
I went to a, 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 a parallel session which was caring for family groups basically as well um, and that was that was addressing the issue of family carers um, and it's kind of quite interesting at the conference my perspective tends to be coming from sort of like an Asian background it's interesting to hear people from minorities speaking mm. and especially from a sort of research perspective as well I've, I went to some you know some other things and uh, sorry I'm trying to look at my and it's all so for me it's kind of quite important that especially in terms of research that it's reflective of kind of the UK population yeah um, so that's sort of where it so they, those are things that kind of interest me and so that yeah so there were some things I saw today that I kind of thought oh, we're going in the right direction something that really really stuck with me as well from today but also yesterday is some of the statistics that came from that same talk from um, from the World Health uh, Dementia Council um, the World Dementia Council um, so it really struck me that only two-thirds of dementia is currently diagnosed and yeah. but that's just talking in developed countries and then when it goes to less developed countries it drops to 10 percent or 10 yeah. to 15 percent so thinking of dementia as a challenge outside of just the UK the US I think is really important too. Yeah and I think that's such an important issue that sometimes the statistics sort of lose that when they say that you know five million people in the world with dementia or whatever figures come out because we tend to forget that there's differences in cultural and like medical practices in different countries so diagnosis rates are lower and different and then if you're not involving people from different communities in your research you're getting such a biased image as well and something that might only help one group of people and not everyone I think that's I think that's kind of it really that I think the danger is that well, the danger is that basically you will sort of end up having models and you know and mm. everything based on just a really sort of a a small section of the population. So it, to me, it's kind of quite it's really important, and fundamental that research and researchers kind of make sure, as far as they possibly can, to kind of be reflective of the UK population because obviously that's the population that will be served in the future. Yeah. And I know in some parts it's difficult because I live in Norfolk, which are like 95% white. <laughs> but, you know, other areas, that's not the case. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's a bit of a, I imagine it's a bit of a challenge, isn't it, for research, especially mm. if, they, if they live in sort of places like Norfolk. I just wonder how you kind of address it or, you know, that kind of challenge. Well, Claire, your research is, is really interesting from that point of view, thinking about Game Changer. Mm -hmm. Would you like to talk a bit about that? So Game Changer is what we call a citizen science project in that we've kind of really reached out to the UK population to say, like, please take part in this study for a few minutes a day, every day for a month. Um, and like one of the reasons we went forward with Game Changer is that we wanted to get a more representative population um, because we'd collected data from the Prevent Dementia Research Programme. And I'm part of that. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might have taken part in the, in the smartphone aspect of the study. Yes, yes, um, yeah. But we just kind of noticed we were getting kind of a very certain demographic taking part. And you need to be able to kind of get an understanding of how people vary just 
at a population level. So kind of like you might see age differences or socio demographic differences or just kind of bad day differences. Um, So thinking again about the events of today, um, Charlie, I know you you gave an excellent talk earlier today. Your face is just like, what? About your stem cell research uh, for Alzheimer's disease. Um, This is obviously a really complex topic that you communicated really well and you got some great questions from the audience and interaction afterwards. Would you have any tips for other biomedical researchers who are working on such complex areas on how to communicate that to a more lay audience? Um, I think for me, the first thing to do is to get the slides just right, because you don't want to put too much information into your slides and you don't want too many messages over the course of, uh, for today it was a 12 minute talk, so you don't want to try and get all of your research across. You need to get the main messages that you think are the most important from your one or two projects. Um, So not having busy slides, having one or two main points that you want to get across. Uh, But one thing that I found difficult and had to work out was um, the vocabulary, the the words that you use. And I think something that has been a topic of uh, of the conference is some of the words you use might be quite um, distressing to patients. So they're not not sufferers, they're, they're people living with dementia. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when you're when you're preparing for the talk um, mm-hmm. and mutations might not be the most sensitive word to use, gene changes or something. So just practicing the words that you're using. And I was lucky enough to have a couple of run-throughs um, and with a patient support group quite recently as well. So um, I think practicing to people that aren't in science, getting your head around what you need to say in a simple way. And I think, um, yeah, just practice. I think that's it. Ah, that's excellent. Because I think another tip for researchers, particularly if you're communicating to a lay audience, is there are the DEEP guidelines. So that's D-E-E-P. If you just Google that, they are a group of people affected by dementia who've put together kind of guidelines on which words they find appropriate and not. um, Because we did have... Um, unfortunately, an occasion this morning while Health Secretary Matt Hancock <laughs> was speaking, um, he repeatedly used the term sufferer and a lady living with dementia in the audience was quite upset by that. Yeah. And she called him out on it, which I thought was excellent. Yeah. Um, and he took the point and after the talk, he did go up to her and, and apologise for that. Um but it's just an example of how people maybe outside the community just make assumptions and use words without kind of thinking about it. So it is, it is an important area. Um, so thinking about your stem cells, I think a lot of our audience <laughs> found that really exciting and something that they mightn't have heard of before. Um, what's next for your research? So I, I've, I've recently uh, been awarded funding from the Alzheimer's Society and some of the, the work I was talking about today was how different gene changes and mutations in the genes associated with familial Alzheimer's disease can have different effects on how amyloid beta is produced and how different fragments and species of amyloid can be produced. Going forward, I'm really excited to learn some new techniques to make not just the neurons, the main brain cells, but also some of the 
the support cells and the immune cells that are found in the brain and really understand, um, coming from a cell biology background, how different cell types can interact at a whole cell level, um, which is quite an important level. I think there's lots that's been done very biochemically with individual proteins. There's lots of MRI and whole brain things, but I think we really need to understand how the three main brain cell types interact. And I'm quite excited to get stuck into that project now. Excellent. With Alzheimer's Society funding. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Good on us. Um, So, Claire, you were talking a minute ago about your um, game changer research and using smartphones to transform how we go about early detection of Alzheimer's disease. Um, So, in yesterday's session, we at the conference, we had a lot of talk about care and technology and a lot more about the potential uses for technology across the board in relation to dementia. Um, What do you see as like the future for research undertaken in this way? That's a really interesting question. Um, So I think the power of technology to really help with care is just brilliant because everyday technologies have such kind of power to interact um, with people and so one of the things we're thinking about is kind of what we can do to help the caregiver um, and what we can do to help the individual living with dementia and kind of thinking about how we can um, cross the bridge of connecting technology. Um, The other thing that I think is really progressing in terms of using technology for dementia is passive monitoring. Um, So I'm involved in the RADAR AD project, which is an innovative medicines initiative. Um, And we're looking at whether we can use activity that people don't necessarily contribute, but that we can monitor to help um, get an idea of people's symptoms progressing. Um, So for example, using things like GPS and physical activity and kind of how often you turn on your phone to contact somebody is a marker of kind of social interaction. So I think there's some really cool work to be done. That's really interesting. It was interesting because <clears throat> yesterday there was somebody in the morning gave mm-hmm. a talk about, you know, tech. And, he, and I think he said, oh, you know, it kind of only costs 100 quid or whatever. And it was interesting because I, I was speaking to some researchers last night and they were saying for the, for the people that they know and have been involved with, that is actually unaffordable. Mm. So it, it brings up an is- interesting issue in terms of affordability. And, and tech obviously is brilliant and there's so much you can do with it and there's so much that you will be able to do with it. But also there's that, that again, how how much of the sort of yeah. population will be able to afford that. I'm not sort of suggesting that you shouldn't go down that route, but it, it does bring up that issue, doesn't it, of uh, affordability really. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a factor in introducing new technologies. But I think, you know, you see all levels of different tech that's coming out. I, w- I was talking to one group, I don't know if you saw them upstairs, with that smart table that projects different images that people with dementia can interact with. And it's kind of a reminiscence tool and an engagement tool and so on. And I, you know, I was blown away. I thought it was amazing. And I was like, how much is this? And he said, oh, the cheapest would be about 5,000. Wow. <laughs> like, it's such a wonderful thing. I yeah. mean, maybe for a care home, but I think that's something that a lot of, on the other end of the scale, 
like tech that we're seeing is stuff that you really can like weave into the home like the like the how do i app it's just an app on your phone and stickers on your equipment and so on so i think there is a move to kind of take into account those sort of issues but it's very important um so Ruby, just to ask you a little bit more about your role with the research network, um, I know you kind of officially only got started like October and kind of started this year. Um, can you tell us a bit more about what the role involves and how you interact with like grant applications and dissemination opportunities and so on? So uh, the role essentially is appraising grants. So the kind of the grants that you would you know apply to the Alzheimer's Society for I look at <laughs> so be nice to me <laughs> but it, it's appraising the grants and I think looking at it from the perspective how useful the practical application of, of, of you know of the research because ultimately if you go down the path of research and it doesn't have a, a a practical application or a proper you know application in the end it, it it's redundant so mm. that's kind of the idea of of someone like me who is a carer is able to look at them I don't look at the science of it I just kind of look at how useful it will be to me and everybody basically in my position so that is you know that is part of what I do it's kind of mainly what I do I mean the research network has about I think over 300 volunteers so 317 317 <laughs> thank you very much um and there are a variety of people so there are yeah. carers there are people living with dementia former carers so they're all on on different journeys and different paths as well so it's kind of different levels of input some people uh, are monitors so they kind of get more involved with the researchers and the research but interestingly, um, I went to something, I think earlier today it was, where someone was explaining one of the sessions how they, in as part of their study, they had people involved from the research network from the very start. Mm. So they actually really, really influenced the research as it went along. And they guided, you know, sort of the research team as they went along, which was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So... I mean, I, I'm not that aware of how kind of research tends to work, but I would have thought that really is the way forward, especially in this kind of arena of obviously dementia and Alzheimer's research. I don't know what sort of you guys think of that. But. <laughs> I don't have any experience with the research network directly, um, but we've had um, public involvement with the app and with the Game Changer study. Yeah kind of in these kind of iterative rounds and I think it's been really important for helping us get so many people involved and stay involved. I think it's really quite unique to have the research network volunteers and the input from people living with dementia and people caring for people with dementia and it's really important to have that sense check I think to um, someone working in basic biology if someone says yeah great but so what and what does this mean for the, the people living with dementia and things? It's, I think it's a really valuable um, dialogue to have. And I think it's so important. I think it's 20 years being celebrated this yeah, year for the Research right. Network yeah. volunteer, yeah, sure. volunteers. Um, and as just personal experience, they even, the, the volunteers even offer 
feedback before you submit your application. So I submitted my application. I got feedback and personal anecdotes. For example, I was looking at brain immunity and someone said, oh, my my wife was suffering with the disease and um, she was on anti-inflammatories for rheumatoid arthritis or something like that. Um, and suddenly her dementia and her symptoms worsened. And I think it's really important to look at immunity uh, in the brain. And that really helped sculpt my, my proposal and things, which was, yeah. which was great. That's really good. And uh, also for the listener, I would like to point out that after Charlie said suffering, his face absolutely crumpled <laughs> and he was really angry with himself um, yeah. after him just making the excellent point earlier. So just just to flag that. I blame the microphone. I'm not <laughs> yeah. this at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just looking back on today or even the whole conference, is there anything else that you'd like to mention that you particularly liked or found interesting? For, for me, I, uh, the interesting bit for the conference is, is speaking to other people about yeah. their own experiences. It's not just um, the experience of living with the dementia and you know their personal stories, but also the researchers as well. So it's been good for me because last night we had the, the research network dinner and it was nice to see research network volunteers and researchers all sort of sitting with each other so I thought that's that was mm. must have been you know it's a good way to sort of bridge those two things um so for me that's kind of although obviously the parallel sessions and, and listening to the speakers coming in is always going to be interesting for me it, it's it's those you know those sort of personal stories I think I, I take away with me yeah I think me- meeting Richard from Richard and Judy yesterday was one of the <laughs> huge highlights for me. Um, and being based at the, at the Oval, the cricket round, as a big cricket fan, it's been it's been yeah. a fantastic venue. That too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back here for the World Cup next week, which I'm quite excited about. Um, but another highlight: I went to a session yesterday on uh, women with uh, with dementia, and it was a fantastic session. Um, I got picked on slightly as one of only three men in the audience. But, um, uh, That's fair. It's yeah. fascinating. Like two thirds of people living with dementia are, are women, but also yeah. two thirds of carers are women, and these are things that aren't considered at all. So I think there's a lot of work to be done there. So I think that was a fantastic session too. Could I just say in response to that, there were about there were every session I think virtually I, I wanted to go to. So there were a lot of good sessions. Yeah. So for me, it, 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 you know, I wasn't able, that that was one that I really wanted to go to. So it's tough to decide. It is actually. so many parallels. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, one session I really enjoyed was this morning, so the um, building inclusive societies for people living with dementia. Oh, cool. I thought that was just like wonderful, and like I came away with so many like um, things I wanted to get involved with, and um, just kind of simple actions you can take to really kind of help people in the community. I think that was a really nice session because I normally go to a lot more kind of like biomedical like psychology yeah. conferences. So actually having like take home actions, I think is. And what sort of actions do you think you'd, you'd pick up from it? So I think there was the Joe Cox Loneliness Commission, and I can't remember what the weekend was called, like Get Together or... Yeah, it's her yeah, Get Together so, on, yeah. on June the 21st or the 23rd, yeah. which is her birthday. Mm-hmm. I think that's... Yeah, that's I thought that nice. sounded a really nice idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great to come away from like those sort of sessions with, like, concrete actions that you can do or like changes in your perception Mm. Um, because often we have researchers that say to us 
before they got involved in Alzheimer's society, they might never have actually met anyone living with or affected by dementia. So, you know, being at events like this can often change their own perception, even if they've been working in the field for years and years. Um, So, yeah, that's really great to hear, guys. So do you, do you guys, I mean, for you, you obviously are academics and you, and you go to a lot of conferences. So this must seem quite unusual because there are so many people who sort of are basically non-academics and uh, living with dementia. I think it's totally unique and really yeah. refreshing to have the policymakers, the patients, the carers, everyone in the same room. And I think it's a completely different perspective. And being the first time that I've come to it, it's been it's been brilliant and really eye-opening. So it's it's rewarding, to say the least. Yeah, agreed. It's like a completely different take and one that I don't get exposed to very often. So I've really enjoyed it. So I think we're going to be able to put your Twitter handles in the contact notes for the podcast. So if any listeners would like to get in touch with our panelists, they can and follow up on any of the conversations that we've had today. Um, but right now it's time to end today's podcast recording and I'd like very much to thank our wonderful panellists Ruby, Charlie and Claire Um, if you'd like to see more reflections of the conference check out the hashtag hashtag ASAC19 the team will be writing up blogs for our supporters and followers that you may find interesting too we have profiles on all of today's panellists on our website, including, as I mentioned, details of their Twitter accounts. And all that remains now is for me to remind you to subscribe, rate and review the podcast um, through SoundCloud and iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. And don't forget to complete our survey to be in with the chance of winning those headphones. Details are on our website and Twitter feeds. Thank you. Podcast brought to you by Dementia Researcher. Everything you need in one place. Register today at dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk.